Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. And we will be talking about imposter syndrome today. And in a broader kind of context or message I want to deliver today, how sometimes uh, what we think we want is actually not what is best for us and how the universe will give us what we need rather than what we thought we wanted through this super practical real-life example of how I did not get a job four years ago that I really, really wanted and it turned out to be the best thing I never got. So in today's episode, we are briefly going to cover that even if sometimes we don't really understand why, the universe does know best and will deliver the best, even when our vibe is not at its highest or even if it's, you know, super crappy. Because I was in a place four years ago where I was not sunshine and rainbows. I was going through a difficult period, uh, my last phase of depression before I permanently healed it. But despite that, I still manifested my dream job. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We briefly talked about it in last episode. I feel that many people need to hear this. I definitely know that when I'm going through a tough phase, which I've definitely had these past, you know, three, four months, uh, sometimes all I want to hear from other content creators or people I follow, people who've had successful business or who overcame things that I want to overcome, is just to hear that they've had these periods where they thought nothing was going according to plan and it all turned out to be okay. Okay, <laughs> that's what I need to hear sometimes and I think we are many people in this case. So to give you a bit of context, kind of exactly four years ago, in the beginning of 2018, I was still finishing my master's degree. So I have a master's in master's degree in accounting and finance from this university in Switzerland. And back then, so I was, how old was I? 24. I basically had a few courses that I had to finish, validate those credits, and I needed to write my master thesis to complete my master's degree. And the context behind that, to be very brief... And that crazy story is another entire podcast episode that we'll keep for another time. I have a lot of crazy stories, I'm just realizing that. I was kind of dirt poor in 2018. Uh, one year prior to that, my dad had a very bad accident, a skiing accident, which resulted in a very severe traumatic brain injury which by the grace of God or the universe, he made a full recovery from, but that's a story for another time, very unexpected, miraculous uh, recovery. So financially, you know, we were in a different, uh, difficult place. Obviously, while my dad was ill and recovering, uh, he didn't make any money, etc, uh, etc. Et so here I was, beginning of 2018. I had another one year of university to complete a few courses and finish my master's degree. Um, and I lived in my university hometown, which is 
pretty far from where my parents used to live. So I had to pay my rent, I had to pay food, I had to pay my train pass and a few other things. So nothing crazy in terms of expenses. Around like 2000 a month, which is for Switzerland, very low. What was really high for me because I didn't have any money. So I wanted to find a part-time job. I was looking for a job where I could work ideally two weeks, two days a week. So 40% as I still needed to finish and validate a bunch of credits. I didn't want to overwhelm myself with a higher percentage and I was depressed in 2018 at that period so I just you know did not feel I had enough strength in me to work more than two days a week as I was focusing on healing I think I had started or just not yet started to work with an EFT therapist for the depression Uh, I had adrenal fatigue like just getting out of bed in the morning was hard so I was like there's no way that I can work like 60 or 80 or 100%, which I might have been able to pull off if I was in a very good place. And the different aspects such that I I just wasn't interested in, in working that much. I needed two grand a month to survive. And I think I could roughly make that if I jam-packed two days like making 20 bucks an hour or something I can't remember I did my math and I think it worked that way I'm kind of like thinking out loud would I have made enough money working two days a week that's my accountant side that is creeping out now working 10 hours a day for 200 bucks 20 bucks an hour that's 200 a day 400 a week times four weeks 1600 a month yeah roughly maybe I had a bit of money on a savings account I can't remember that's not the point of this episode so I was looking for this job and it was a hard job to find at least in my mind because where I was studying is the German part of Switzerland where you speak Swiss German Uh, we have four national languages in Switzerland and where my university was even though I had all of my classes in English that was like a very cool thing about the master's program I did they translate everything into English it is still a German speaking region and not German but Swiss German which is a bit of a dialect and I do speak German but I don't speak Swiss German so I kind of started this mission impossible journey of finding a job in finance either in accounting or in finance that would be only 40 to 50 percent where it I did not need to speak speak Swiss German so where I could get away with only speaking English that was pretty close to my university hometown and that wasn't a long-term contract as I only had two semesters left at university and that's not an easy job to find it would be easy to find those conditions maybe if I worked like in a bar or as a waitress in a restaurant which I had already done in the past or kind of like a side gig or tutoring kids or something but usually when you take a position in finance or accounting or kind of any field related to accounting or finance you usually don't find positions at 40 percent unless maybe you're picking up on someone's maternity leave or if they have like someone who's in burnout and they need extra help but that's not something that's likely to happen and the German aspect of it is I knew that if I had to do accounting in German that was just not going to fucking work (laughs) Uh, or if I had to speak you know with clients in Swiss German I did find a few positions like at banks at the counter of the bank but I could have not understood what those people said in Swiss German so that would have not worked out at all so I was looking for this position and I found a few jobs here and there so I applied and got turned down and I was depressed not like at my worst but I was not doing great so each time it was this huge blow where I thought to myself oh my god no one wants me I'm not good enough and they would give you this kind of super blurry excuse of oh thank you for applying to job x unfortunately 
uh, your application is not compatible with what we're looking for or something like that. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I thought I was compatible with you. <laughs> and I would <laughs> take it a bit personally. And I also tried to apply at a few jobs at the university because that would have been the perfect job as an assistant to a professor correcting like exams or something along those lines. And it would have been good for my CV to work for like a professor at this super high league university. And a few of them were no longer open and it just didn't work out. And one day, um, there is this perfect position that opens up as an assistant to this pretty big deal professor at the university. It was in management. Uh, I could do everything in English. It was like 40%. You could work from home, so super flexible hours. And it would have looked bomb in my CV. So I was like, game on. This is my job. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to get this. And back then, I was not already very familiar with manifestation so I've always been pretty spiritual and believed in a higher power and I think that prior to that so beginning or mid 2017 I had started to um, read books about you know uh, you create your reality or your thoughts make your reality uh, how the brain worked I had done a bit of mindfulness meditation so I already had one foot into it but I wasn't like law of attraction, manifestation, and all of that uh, to the extent that I am today. Absolutely not. So I applied to this job and you had to, you know, prepare this folder or application with a bunch of documents and recommendations from your former employer. So I called them at my previous bank and they did that. Blah, blah, blah. Like all of the stuff I absolutely hate to do. I don't know about you, but I think there's nothing more boring than having to put together these application things when you apply for a job with like one million boring documents that you have to fish out from the depths of your folders on your computer from the safe like family uh like the, your place of origin like all of these crazy crazy things that you know swiss stuff that they require from you so here i am i apply and i have an interview so i go to the university which was like literally next to where I lived so it would have been perfect I wouldn't have had to travel for which I didn't want to do because when I was depressed and even now like I'm an introvert I don't like to commute I'm happy on my couch with my cats and there were a few jobs that I found where I would have had to commute like for a while and I was like just thinking about it made me tired so it was right next to where I live I go there and the guy so the professor welcomes me we go in one of his offices or whatnot in the building and he's like okay so I can't remember the exact nature of the conversation but he basically says okay so I mean what do you think about the job and the job description you know it's one of these job descriptions that seems really precise but you still don't quite understand what they expect from you so of course I, I knew like the field of work he wanted me to do he it, it mentioned research it mentioned supporting like the professor and some of his academic and uh, research work so I was like yeah this is like research fishing out academic articles maybe like putting together information for either a course or a project he has so we start talking and turns out that what he wanted and needed and looking back it's a bit weird like are you allowed to do that I mean I guess so but what he wanted is basically someone who helped them uh, helped him pretty much do lead generation so not lead generation in in the sense of we commonly talk about in like online business marketing but he had this consulting firm 
I was not quite sure if it was part of like his work at the university or a side thing. And that itself is not bad. Like many professors had a side business in addition to teaching at the university. But he basically had this consulting business which helped other businesses to optimize some of the things in the the way they did management and manage like like human resources so people and his consulting packages were like 10 grand so he would go to let's take a random example he would go to not apple but like big companies in europe like car manufacturers like volkswagen or mercedes they would go in one of their teams and look at what could be like optimized or rearranged or how they could like use the resources they had and maximize, you know, the output out of those resources. And those consulting packages were 10,000. And what he needed concretely was someone who would start doing social media, so LinkedIn and other platforms and social media and outreach to contact and have like a first contact with potential clients who could become you know 10k consulting clients so he says that and I'm like okay so I start asking questions on what is the budget what are the resources because I was already imagining that the best way to meet these people would be at fairs you know these business to business fairs where they talk about the new trends in the industries or management and you have a bunch of like directors or human resources people who attend these things so I was like networking at that type of event would probably be like the easiest way to have first contact with potential customers so I ask about the budget about the resources if they already have like an existing network and how they kind of saw that happening so you know usually when you apply for a job they say okay this is what we need a b c d e f g this is the result we want and we need someone to do that but in his case he had no fucking clue let's you know call it as it is so he was this guy in his 60s maybe and he had this idea that you know social media is magic and you can find clients on social media which is true depending on what you do but that's it he had no idea what a facebook or instagram account was he he knew linkedin because like obviously he was on it but probably never did anything on that and i guess that you know he he learned from students or from other people that social media is the way to go and a lot of companies you know gain customers through social media but he he was completely out of touch where with how you would actually apply that in his specific case so that I thought it was a bit weird but he said okay here's what we can do I'll give you like two or three or five days to come up with an idea of how you could see this being implemented and then like send it to me or come back to me and then we can see like you know how we're going to do this And it was like, I wouldn't have had an office, I would have worked from home, which on one hand is good, but on another one, later I thought about that aspect, was that he can't really see how much you work. So if he feels that the results are not those that he wanted, he could have said, well, you're not doing anything, when in fact, it's just that the project itself wouldn't have been feasible. So anyhow, I'm spoiling my own story. I go back home and I honestly have no fucking clue how to do this. And now I'm in social media, right? So I do marketing, I do lead generation. And I, I know what it is, but back then I, I'm, I was studying accounting and finance, not like digital communication or marketing. Uh, so I didn't know anything about that entire universe And I was like, maybe it's just me. Like my lack of knowledge is the reason why I don't understand how this project could be feasible. So I reached out to friends and some friends of my parents had kids, so my age, who were in very similar fields. 
And I reached out to them and I said, like, listen, I just applied for this job at the university. This is what the professor does. These are his consulting packages. That's the kind of results he's expecting. And that are the resources. So it was through social media, no budget to go to fairs or anything, uh, no budget for advertisement. How would you do it? Uh, just to get like a rough idea of what direction I need to investigate or work. And all of them were like, yeah, give me a few days. And so they took a few days and they all came back and they were like, to be honest, I don't see how this can happen unless you have a budget where, you know, they pay for the train tickets and uh, these conventions or these meetings where you can actually potentially meet managers or meet human resources directors and have like a conversation with them directly. Uh, to find them on LinkedIn, you'd probably have to like cold reach out to them. But to do that, you would actually need to know who exactly in these huge companies are in charge of human resources or who is in charge of like a very specific field within the company, which would be pretty challenging to know just based on like public LinkedIn information. So unless you have like a list of contacts, the task itself, even before you started pitching anything, is already kind of like challenging. And so none of these people really knew how to do it. So I came up with a bit of a plan that I drafted and sent him an email. And by the way, while I was at the interview, I asked him, he said, like, just come up with a plan and send it to me. And I, and I specifically asked him, do you have a preferred format? Does it have to be like a PowerPoint presentation, a Word document, a PDF? And he's like, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. You can even like scribble something on a piece of paper and send a picture of it. So I came up with like a bit of a plan. I think it was a PowerPoint, like two or three slides, send it to him. And... He answered, I think, a few days later or the same day, I can't really remember, basically saying that he was extremely disappointed with what he had received, that that is not what he had envisioned, that he expected more from me. I think even like presentation-wise, he, he expected something fluffier than the notes I had taken. And what can I suggest that is more concrete? So I get that email total bummer and let's remember that I was depressed so my confidence and self-worth wasn't exactly at an all-time high and even before I sent him that or while I was sending it to him I was like this is this kind of like it's a bit of a suicide mission like I just don't know how what he wants can be done only working like one or two days a week with no resource with no prior knowledge in marketing etc so when he sent that email saying he was really disappointed blah 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 talked with my parents who are really good at these things and we all decided that taking that job so even if I did manage to convince him that it was recipe for disaster as first of all I didn't have an office in his office meaning that even if I worked my ass off trying to find a solution to his like impossible problem there was like a chance I wouldn't get results and not the results he expected and he could accuse me of not doing anything when in fact I would have worked so much and considering that there was no budget and no existing network it was just utopic, like the task that he wanted me to accomplish was not accomplishable, <laughs> is that even a word? It was just not doable and I, th I felt like a fraud at that moment because I thought maybe I'm not smart enough, like this university I studied at is freaking next level, it's one of the best in Europe, some of the master's program were actually ranked like top 
three to top 10 in the world. So I was like, I'm just dumb. Like, I'm just a dumb student. And I'm sure that other people would have figured it out. So huge imposter syndrome, feeling like shit, feeling like I should be able to figure this out. And kind of like an unhealthy urge to prove myself to this professor so taking on this impossible challenge or task just so I could feel worthy just so I could like reassure myself that I could like do it that I could figure this out that I was worthy of studying in that super big deal university thank god didn't do it um so I sent him that this really politically correct email that basically told him to fuck off but in an extremely polite way so I said like dear professor what's his name I can't remember Thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for the time, uh, taking the time, you know, to see me at the interview. Um, and I said something like, I don't think I'm a right fit uh, for the job and for this project you have with your consulting firm and that someone else who has more experience like in digital marketing would be a much better fit. Uh, and thank you so much for your time and bye, basically. Uh, so not putting the fault on him, not saying that this his project was mission impossible and that he was completely out of touch with reality and that like, yeah, wake the fuck up, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm getting mad now. It was just not feasible. And if it was just my opinion, but then I asked people who actually worked in the industry and they were like, no, this can't be done. It's just, it's just not doable. So that was that. And I kind of had the, these feelings, oh my God, like, I should be smarter. I should have to fig. I should have been able to figure this out. Maybe you know I don't deserve to be in this university. All of these thoughts, uh, but at the same time, you know, again, I was depressed and I had just a gut feeling that it was not it. So I kind of forgot about it and kept looking for a job as I needed the money. And one day, I go to the library. Uh, because I needed to do some research for my master thesis and it was right after the exams and a few weeks before the semester started again so no one was on campus everyone was like sleeping after having the after revising like crazy for all, for all of the exams so I go to the library it's pretty much pretty much completely empty start looking at books to do some research for my thesis and somewhere in a corner of the library I see someone I know and we weren't really friends, but he was in the same master program as me. And we had talked a few times, like super nice guy. And I see him in the distance. I'm like, okay, should I go say hello? And my first reaction was like, no, I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to, like, I dragged myself up to this university, probably looking like shit, probably not in sweatpants, but almost. I'm not going to talk to anyone. And then this other voice in my head said, like, Ines, your parents gave you an education, for God's sakes, go say hello. So I go there and I say hello, like kind of like the small talk. How are you doing? How how were the exams? How did everything go? And then he says, oh, do you want to go grab a coffee? And again, the, the inner voice in my head is like, no, I don't. I don't even like coffee. Uh, but I said, yes. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go grab a coffee. So we go to the cafeteria right next to the, the library. And we start talking, again, small talk. And again, I was depressed at that period. So it was, I had to make an effort to focus on what people were saying. Otherwise, I would be like, get lost in my thoughts really easily, start to daydream. And then he brings to the, like, to, the, the topic comes up where I, like, I did not talk about it. We were talking about holidays or skiing or whatnot. And he says, hey, like, we're looking for someone at my firm. We need, like, an intern working anything between 20 to 50%. And I was like, oh, 
well, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> and I didn't even start that conversation. And then he's like, oh, really? So I started asking him like the basic questions and the requirements. So I was like, do you guys speak English in the office? And can you have like flexibility on the hours? Uh, instead, I, in case I had classes and is it like 20 to 50%? And he was like, yes, 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 yes. And he worked there, obviously. And a bunch of other students from our university worked there too. So super nice atmosphere. And he was like, yeah, when do you want to start? And I'm like, well, as soon as possible. And he said, yeah, we are looking for someone within like to start within two or three weeks. Send me your CV and I'll transfer it to my boss. I'm like, holy guacamole. Send him my CV. I'm not thinking too much about it because I didn't want to get overly excited. And, you know, again, I was depressed. So I was just not really thinking about anything. Um, and then I don't get an answer, like nothing happens. And he texts me one, once or twice. And he said, oh, has my boss come back to you? And I said, no. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm sure he just forgot. And he said that he would reach out to him again. So he did. And one day I get this text from the boss and he says like, hello, Ines, this is blank, the name of the boss. Your, your friend from university uh, told us about you. Do you have time for a quick call? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I hope he doesn't ask me any questions I can't answer. Of course, I had done a bit of research uh, on the firm of uh, one that, what they did. It was like one of the biggest private debt companies in Europe. So we get on the phone and basically it was a very short conversation. And he said, oh, Ines, I looked at your CV, very impressive, amazing, perfect. I just have one thing I want to get out of the way with you is that you might sometimes get bored because some of the tasks are really repetitive. So I just wanted to make sure that you don't have expectations that won't be fulfilled in terms of like a thrilling job. And I'm like, bro, it's fine. I don't care. It can be as boring as you want. So obviously I did not say that, but I said, oh, thank you so much for letting me know about this. No, no worries. We already talked about it with my friend who already works there and it sounded like, like a perfect thing. And that was that. I got hired. Not even. I didn't even have to do an interview. I don't think I even wrote a mo motivation letter, which is a pretty big thing in Switzerland. When you apply for a job, you have to write this motivation letter. Like nothing. I literally got a job from going to the library, saying hello to someone I, I didn't want to say hello to because I was feeling bad. Went for a coffee when I don't even like coffee. I probably had like a tea or hot chocolate. And then he random, randomly volunteers the information that they're looking for someone in their office even though I did not bring up the topic. And yeah, and I got that job and it was the best job ever. The nicest boss on planet Earth. The only thing I miss about corporate is him. He was the most amazing, kind, smart boss that you could ever imagine. And the atmosphere in the office was awesome. It was quite a few of us from the university in there. I think we were like four or five at all times. So we all always had like nice lunch breaks. The office was beautiful right by the lake. So in summer we could actually go swim and tan and chill out at the lake. We had like breakfast every Friday morning and it was always someone's birthday where they were celebrating a huge contract. So you always had snacks in the kitchen. Like just the dream work environment. If I wasn't, uh, you know, destined to have my own business and work with imposter syndrome and, and scaling, if, you know, I was a corporate person, I would have loved, I would have thrived in that company, I think. So yeah, and that's how I manifested my dream job. And one of the super important points that I want to raise here, which, you know, affects a lot of us because we think to ourselves, you know, 
everything is energy, which is true, right? Quantum physics, I really need to feel as if I already had the job and I need to put the good vibes out there and I need to think positive and I need to do my visualization. And if I don't, I won't be able to manifest it or it's not going to work or it's going to take a gazillion years. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to have to feel a certain way as this prerequisite to manifest what we want. And this is kind of a terrain I want to tread carefully because, of course, embodying the energy of already having it is eventually what will bring it to us. But there is also this thin line between becoming an inner workaholic and overly stressing and feeling guilty over not feeling the right way and the right way being super positive and super grateful And thinking that we are sabotaging ourselves if our vibe is not high enough, which can be very damaging. And sometimes, you know, I wish that I did not know anything about all of this, that I could just, you know, do things in my business and do launches and be like, oh, this is the launching method and it works. So if I do the launching method, it's going to work. And just because I have that belief, then it works. Instead of constantly asking myself a gazillion questions of like, is my subconscious mind on board? Are there any hidden limiting beliefs? How is my energy? Like sometimes life would be easier if I didn't know all of this. So to come back to my initial point, I manifested that dream job, even though I was depressed I was not visualizing, I was not listening to a recording where, you know, I had affirmations about my dream job. I was not overly excited about starting a job. I just needed a job to pay my bills. I was, I did not like journal about how it would be to have this amazing job. Uh, I had like a lot of moments where I felt pretty desperate and helpless because I got refused to like a bunch of jobs. And then that professor told me that he was so disappointed with what I had done. I was feeling like a fraud, like my vibe was just not that it. But then again, I also had this neutrality, like, oh, I need to find a job. And it wasn't just at the top of my priorities in terms of how I was spending my mental energy. I was spending my mental energy on trying not to be depressed and finding a way to heal myself. So I didn't like overcomplicate this job thing. It, it did take like 5 or 10% of my thoughts maybe throughout the day. But I always thought something like, yeah, I'll find, like eventually I find, I'll find something. Or like worst case scenario, I can like work in a restaurant over the weekends in my hometown and make a bit of money. Like I will figure something out. So I I wasn't like overly worried or concerned or like wondering where it was and if it was going to happen and when it was going to happen. It was more of a, ugh, I need a job because I'm running out of money kind of energy. And I thought about it when I thought about it and then I just didn't think about it. And it manifested better than I could have ever freaking imagined. I had the best boss, very nice colleagues, beautiful working environment. I could choose how many hours I worked. So if I wanted to make more money, I could just say, hey, like, do you have some extra work for me? And they would give me more. And if I had like a tough week at uni or I had to like finish a project, I could just do less. I could even work from home. We had breakfast every Friday my fellow interns and colleagues were so much fun. We used to like send each other dumb videos throughout the day. We could even listen to music during the work hours. So I would listen to all these podcasts. 
listened a lot, uh, listened to a lot of content about like cognitive behavioral therapy to try to unfuck my mind, <laughs> which worked to some extent. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I think I've sold you the job, right? Even if you didn't like the job, you'd still, you would like it with everything I've said now. So that was that. I'm not going to drag this podcast episode any longer than it needs to be. But I just wanted to say if, if there is one message that I could give you, is that sometimes something we want is not what we need or what we think we want is not the best option out there. So I was super excited about that opportunity at the university. And the only advantage of that job is that it was very close to where I lived, whereas my other job was in Zurich, so like a 45-minute train ride. Uh, so I was like kind of obsessed with that job at the university. I was like, it's going to be prestigious and I can put that in my CV and it's going to open doors for me for my future and it's like the perfect opportunity and and all of these things and I was really like convinced that that was my job it was destined for me when in fact it wasn't it would have been the worst job ever I would probably have quit after three months feeling like a complete failure with my boss being super unhappy with me and you know the what I wanted was not what I needed the universe was like we are not going to give you that thing like we are going to make it not work because a better job is waiting for you in just a few weeks we are going to get this one out of your sight and out of your way and and then it all fell into place and even though I wasn't really feeling good I wasn't visualizing I wasn't really positive I wasn't feeling grateful and all of those things uh it happened happened anyways so if you have a goal right now that you're working towards something that you wish to manifest try to take an area of your life where things come pretty easily like maybe you do a daily walk or you walk your dog and you don't stress about walking your dog you don't ask yourself what if something goes wrong with that what if it's not successful what if my dog doesn't like me anymore it's more of a neutral energy, right? So if you can try, and of course, easier said, easier said than done. But if you could try to approach whatever goal you're manifesting or whatever you know, project you're working towards or working on, if you can bring at least a bit of that neutral energy of like, yeah, I'm going to take consistent action and eventually it's going to turn out in the most perfect way. Or I will figure something out. Like there's always solutions out there. I will figure something out. If you can bring a bit of that energy to whatever you're doing, it will lift a lot of uh, worry and negative emotions off your shoulders and probably help you throughout the process. So yeah, I hope that helped. Um, <laughs> that was it for the story. I was just talking about it literally one hour ago with my mom. Can't even remember how we got on the topic of that the best job I never got <laughs> from the university and I was like oh my god this would be a perfect podcast episode of like a real life example of how sometimes you know you know the universe has a sense of humor and acts in the 11th hour oh and I forgot to say something about this actually as a bonus I stayed in that dream job for one year and at the end of that year I left I finished my master's degree so and finished like all of the courses I had to take at the university so and left backpacking for three months in Latin America and when I left the job my boss asked hey like do you have any friends from university who, who need your job so can you find a replacement and I did find a replacement one of my good friends from university she took my job I made sure you know to explain everything to her left backpacking she you know, picked up for me because she also needed a part-time job and make a bit of money. And then biggest plot twist ever, her 
and one of my old colleagues that was now her colleague, eventually, after quite a few months, ended up dating and they're getting married. So if that is not, is it odd or is it God? As Dr. Joe Dispenza would say, like, if that is not the universe aligning all of those planets <laughs> for the best outcome to happen for everyone and to kind of give you the best thing you didn't even know you wanted or could have, I don't know what it is. So yeah, now we are done with the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any crazy stories like this, uh, just send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. There will be the links in the show notes. I love stories like this. So I would be so happy if you could share uh, such a story. Put a smile on my face. And if you think someone needs to listen to this episode, go ahead and send them the podcast. Um, that would be so cool. So thank you and have a wonderful day and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance and clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.